This is episode number 76 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you become more confident and poised presenters and speakers. Now, this is episode number 76. And on this episode, we're going to start a multi-part session on communication skills. A little bit different than kind of what we talk about on most weeks of the Fearless Presentations podcast, because one of the main reasons why people will listen to the podcast is to gain confidence speaking in front of a group or to become more professional when they're up standing up in, in front of a group. But there's actually other types of communication skills, especially the one-on-one communication that we have with people. And so we wanted to kind of cover some of those in, in a few sessions. Now, this week, we're going to talk about basically what a communication coach is. It's something that I was kind of confused about when I got into the industry, and I'll kind of explain that as we go, and how if you get a communication coach, you can actually increase your success level fairly quickly. Um, and by the way, the when the the way that we're gonna that I'm going to um, describe what a communication coach is is probably going to be quite a bit different than what you might think. It's not necessarily somebody that you pay to come to your office and give you <laughs> to help you get skills and that kind of thing. So, um, so we'll talk about that though. But in the next couple of weeks, that I'm going to cover a few tips on how to improve your communication skills, really to just avoid conflicts around the office and to build more of a team culture within your company or organization. So the podcast is brought to you this week, just like every week, by Fearless Presentations. So by the way, um, thanks to our listeners, the folks just like you that are out there on in the podcast world, we've seen a dramatic increase in the number of in-person fearless presentations classes that we've been able to deliver, especially in the last six months to a year or so. For those of you who've been listening for a while, you might you might be feeling that, you know, although you really love the content of the podcast, hopefully that it's that way anyway. Um, it might be taking longer for you to get the growth that you really want. I mean, really, even if you took a, a crash course, if you crash course a dozen episodes in a week, it's still going to be hard to remember all of the content. And it's also going to be very difficult to remember that content when you stand up and give your next speech. And so that's where the two-day fearless presentations class really comes in. You can you can get the two-day, basically in that two-day period, you can get one-on-one coaching from a professional speaker, somebody who does speaking for a living, who speaks for a living. And um, and a lot of times when people finish the two-day fearless presentations class, they, they tell us things like, I wish I'd have done this a long time ago. I wish I'd done this last year or two years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Reason why is because the that, that, that newfound confidence that you have really opens up a lot of doors. It opens up a lot of opportunities that that you just don't get anywhere else. So we have classes coming up. I've actually we've got actually got a class coming up next week in Washington, D.C., but it's actually full. So there's no seats left. But we we have the next Washington, D.C. class that's coming up in about three months is already open. So you can actually get seats in that one as well. But we've also got classes coming up in Tampa, L.A., Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Dallas, Boston, Phoenix, 
Chicago, Seattle, Miami, Indianapolis, Charlotte, San Antonio, Houston, and San Francisco. So all of those are coming up in the next two to three months or so. If I didn't call your city, just go to fearlesspresentations.com to access the full schedule. And don't forget, we can we can conduct private sessions, private classes for groups of as really as few as five people or so. And you get that for a really significant discount. So it's it's a lot less expensive to have us come out and do a class for you than it is to send a group of people to one of our public classes. So um, the, so if you're interested in any of that, just go to fearlesspresentations.com for details. So let's get on with today's podcast. So on today's session, we're going to talk about how a good communication coach can help shore up some of those communication weaknesses. And a good communication coach, by the way, whether that's in a formal professional communication coach or really just an informal coach, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, can really help you identify those communication strengths and weaknesses that you have. Um, I, I'll give you a little background about this and how, how I interpreted what a communication coach was back when I started in the industry and then how I've kind of changed my perception over the years. So years ago, I was having coffee with a colleague. This person was actually, he was actually one of my mentors. He was one of the guys that actually trained me to be a, a speaker years ago. And it was kind of funny because we were, we were just having coffee at the local coffee shops. And, and during the session, he, he told me how he had this, this um, personal coach that had been helping him. And, you know, during the session, you know, the, the, basically what, what this coach had told him was, you know, things about how to, kind of lay out his his um, his strategic goals and, you know, the, the things that he should be doing and not doing. And and um, it, from just between you and I, I mean, the, the my concept of a personal coach, even to this day, really, I guess, is is it's it's a little different than what most people I, th- I think of personal coaches as being kind of almost like con artist or charlatans um, just because I, I, I just know from being in the industry for a while that a lot of times folks will go to a weekend seminar they'll get they'll pay a couple hundred bucks to somebody for a certificate that tells them they're a, a life coach or a personal coach or something like that so there's really not a whole lot of of um, I, you know uh, there's really no way to know whether or not the person that you have coaching you is somebody who is a real professional or somebody that just you know got one of these certificates over the weekend so uh, and and by the way at the time the only, my most of my experience had had been seeing people trying to get into the the speaking industry or the coaching industry by taking the shortcut of doing the the weekend thing so um it's funny in my in my sarcastic kind of way I, I i remember at that coffee shop looking at jim the guy that i was talking to uh, and telling him that dude man i could have told you that you know for free you know so um it, it's funny because i, I guess i'm I, I guess i'm just a kind of a skeptic by nature you know if you're trying to sell me something that uh selling sell if you're trying to sell the value of something to me especially something that i'm not familiar with then i'm going to always look at that with a little bit of of skepticism and uh i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna want you to give me some type of solid proof and i think a lot of people are that way and maybe it's just me but i think a lot of people that way so what's interesting about that though is that it, my skepticism was there, but just six years prior to that conversation that I had in that coffee shop, 
I had actually had a communication coach that helped me dramatically improve my success level. And I just didn't think of her as being a communication coach. That's not what I, I, I thought of her as being a teacher. I thought of her as being a facilitator, but I didn't really think of her as being a, a, a coach. So the, um, the, the, in case you are kind of new to the podcast, I'll kind of tell you the, the quick version of the story. So I had been working for a, for a, an oil company for a, a few years. And at the time that I, I started my career in the oil industry, it's what I'd studied in college. It's what I, what I had planned to do for the rest of my life. But when the time I got into the industry, the oil, the price of oil had dropped down really, really low. It was like $16 a barrel. So it was, it was, it was, I suspect it was probably at an all time low, if not an all time low, biggest, the lowest low in, in probably 50, 60 years or so. Terrible time to, to get into that industry. And I had just spent, you know, four years of my life getting that degree. So, um, it, the the so basically out of desperation I, I by the I, by the way I knew that that because of the things that were going on in my industry and because I was the last guy that got hired I knew that my future with that company probably wasn't fantastic because I already knew that layoffs were starting to happen and since I was the last guy that they hired I figured I'd be probably one of the, the first people that they cut loose as well and and. So I, I decided to change careers, but I was t- I was terrified. I didn't want to go into a brand new career, start something totally from scratch, uh, because I had s- at least even with the um, even with the the uh, uncertainty of the of the industry, at least I had some certainty with my salary and and you know I was making pretty good money and that kind of thing. So the uh, but what happened though was that. Um, I had a desperation. I ended up taking a three month leadership development course and it was it was in the city that was fairly close to to where I live. So it was it was about a 30 minute drive for me to get there uh, once a week. And the instructor for this course wasn't, you know, the, the thing about her is that she wasn't one of those fly by night teachers that I kind of talked about before who gained their experience through a seminar. She was a very highly successful business person. And she'd also trained with some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the area. So she was she basically just by listening to her, by, by not having to make the same mistakes that she made, she was able to shave a couple of years off of my learning curve when I started my own company or when I wanted to start my own company anyway. So in fact, um, less than a year after finishing her leadership class, I, I had changed careers entirely, gone to a totally new career. And I'd quickly been promoted at that new company that I was working for into a management position. And I was making more money in my monthly bonus check about a year after I graduated from that, that leadership seminar than what I had made at the oil company in an entire month. So that was just a bonus. So I, it was, it was really working. And, and I, it was funny because I never really thought of, of um, the woman that, that was training me as being a communication coach, but that's exactly what she was. She, if I hadn't, the interesting thing about that whole interaction was that if I had not met her, if I had not trained with her, if I had not allow her to kind of teach me some of those, some of those business lessons at a, at a very early age, there's no way I would have had that discussion with Jim in the coffee shop. I, those doors would not have been open to me. So basically by, by finding somebody who knew what she was doing, and getting coaching from her, I was able to really shave some of the years off of my off of my my learning process. And and by the way, the thing that's most helpful about that is that 
I had to go to a class. I had to go. I had to go um, find somebody that had that expertise. And the neat thing about being in the world that we're in right now is that that expertise is everywhere. I mean, we, there's YouTube's and there's podcasts and there's tons of different places where you can you can kind of get a coach without ever talking to the person, ever meeting the person. There's lots of different ways. Um, that's one of the things that we've done recently with our um, online online fearless presentations class is we've made that to where that class can be a, a, a an alternative to going to one of our in-person classes or it's an alternative to, to getting a coach because you can go through those sessions over and over again and learn some of those valuable lessons without ever meeting with somebody in person. So so the, the second thing that, that I kind of identified though when, when we were talking about um, the importance of of a communication coach or the importance of communication skills anyway, is the first question that a lot of people ask is, you know, why is effective communication so important anyway? You know, is, or is it really, I guess. And so a lot of times folks will say, well, woohoo, Doug, you know, so you took a class and you made a lot of more money. What about me? What does that have to do with me? Right? Well, in, in fact, you know, why is communication and why is the effective communication important is, um, is a fantastic question that a lot of people ask. And, and the answer is really simple. In, in the business world and really in life, for all, for all that, and just in general anyway, is that when everything else is similar, you know, if two people are competing for a position, if they're competing for a contract, if they're competing for a spouse, whatever it is, you know, if, if in, it just in general, if everything else is very similar, then in most cases, the person who has better communication skills is going to win, right? So, so if the education is the same, if the experience is very similar, but one person communicates a little bit better than the other, there's a good chance that person with the communication skills is going to is going to get the job or get the contract or get the or or get the 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 girl for that matter, or whatever you know, whatever it is that we're kind of competing for, right? So I so the um. In fact, if you think about it, there there are probably people out there listening to this podcast right now that are that have probably at some time in your life or sometime in your career probably said something like, I know way more about the way this company works or the way that this job is done than my boss does, you know, or my boss is an idiot. My boss doesn't know anything about what we do on a day to day basis. And in a lot of cases, those sentiments are probably pretty true. The reason why is because a lot of times the bosses, especially when you get into the really, really big companies, as you get higher up into the organization in a really big company, there the less importance there is on the normal day-to-day operations of, of the company or what the company does. And the more valid or the more important those communication skills and those leadership skills are. So, so if you want to get ahead in today's world, you can... You can you can go back to school and get extra degrees. Those are all that's always valuable. You know, the more knowledge that you have, sometimes the 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 more skilled you can you can be. But what I find most lacking in in folks that have kind of hit a plateau in their career is that they haven't really necessarily worked on those communication skills. They haven't really worked on ways to to kind of improve that. Um, I, I give you a good example. This when I was I, I, this was back when I was a kid. I was 12 years old and, and I was helping my dad remodel a, a, a restaurant. It was an IHOP restaurant, International House of Pancakes. That's how long that organization's been around, by the way. And now my dad owned a, he owned a, a really small remodeling company, a construction company. And 
in a lot of my summer years, I was helping him, you know, so that's that was kind of my my job a lot of times. So, by the way, that's why I ended up going to college, because like, man, this is hard work. Shoo, man, I don't like crawling through attics in the middle of summer and I don't like crawling under houses in the middle of winter. So that was one of the reasons why I, I said, you know, I, I'm going to I'm definitely going to go to go to school so I can do something a little different than than that, that hard work that my dad did. But and anyway, but going back to this, the the story of this um, remodeling this IHOP, um, my dad was hired to do this. And since IHOP is open like 24 hours a day, dad and I would actually go in from I think it was like 11 o'clock at night, maybe even midnight. I'm not sure, but it was fairly, fairly late at night or early in the morning. And we'd work until breakfast time. So we'd only get five or six hours of, of work in each night because that was the only time that the the restaurant was kind of less busy, you know, so. So and we and the project was only going to take about three days or so. But as we got on the third day, we we're in the final stages of the pro- project. And a lot of what I was what I did for my dad since I was, you know, 12, 13 years old was I did a lot of the manual labor. I carried stuff around. I, you know, got got tools for him and stuff like that. So when we got toward the latter stages, he was doing a lot of the fine tuning, you know, putting trim down and making everything look pretty. So um, I, I didn't have a whole lot to do. So I was I was doing a lot of kind of standing around watching on that on that last night. And I, I noticed that one of the one of the waitresses came by me and she sat down at one of the booths near the kitchen. So it was back in the back corner of the restaurant. And I noticed that she just started pulling money from her pockets. So it's like she pulled she pulled ones, tens, fives, twenties, whatever it was. You know, she was just pulling money, just bills after bills after bills out of pretty much everywhere. So she started with her apron because apparently that's where she where she put her money first, I guess, her tips first. But she she started from from the apron, and then eventually she pulled from every pocket on her uniform, and even pulled from a couple places where I had to kind of quickly look away to keep from being embarrassed. So I mean, it's, I'm I'm just amazed. She's loaded. This this woman who's you could tell by the way that she was highly skilled at what she did, but apparently her customers absolutely loved her because they tipped her really really well. So. The amount of money that I was kind of watching her, you know, to a 12 year old kid anyway, it, it seemed like an enormous amount of money. And and as we were driving home the next morning, I mentioned to my dad what I saw and and I was estimating that she likely made maybe two to three hundred dollars in that six hours, maybe eight hours or so that, that she was working that night. And my dad laughed and he said, well, I think it must have been. Yeah, you're right. It must have been kind of a slow night for her. And I just I, I did a double take because my dad had known this woman for a while. The, the guy, the um, the restaurant, this IHOP that that my dad was working in, it, it was actually owned by one of his friends. And, and he had known this this waitress for a number of years. And and um, and I, he and I estimated that at that time she was probably making somewhere around, I'd, I'd say, about fifty thousand dollars per year. And that's in 1984 dollars or whatever it was, you know, the mid 80s anyway. So um, I, I went online just to kind of say, I wonder what that would be worth in today's because at the time that was an enormous amount of money. And in today's dollars, it would be about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, about you know over a hundred grand that she made as a waitress. And the only difference, by the way, between what she was doing and what everybody else in that in that restaurant was doing at the time was that 
she communicated with people much in a much better way. She treated people totally different than what the other waiters and waitresses did. So, by the way, in in it, it's the same in every single industry. People who communicate well are seen by others as being competent. You know, people who communicate well are seen by others as being educated. They're they're the ones that that people look up to when they're um, when they have questions or or when they need something. So. Keep that in mind. So that so effective communication is important in just about any industry that you go go to go into. And I would say probably every industry that you could go into. So so what exactly is a communications coach and where the heck do I find one? So after being in the training industry now for a few decades, I've realized it's basically two different types of of communication coaches or just coaches in general. There are there are formal communication coaches and there's also informal communication coaches. So for instance, when I have what I think is just an absolutely fantastic idea, I typically will run that idea by my wife or, or maybe my administrative assistant first. It, it, the reason why is because not every idea that I have is a fantastic gym. You know, in, in fact, you know, many, many of these grandiose ideas that I have are often just duds. So a quick run through with an independent third party can can often be pretty helpful. Um, we actually made, by the way, we made that. It, it worked so well for me personally that we made that a part of the the uh, fearless presentations, the two day fearless presentation classes. When when we help our class members create a presentation in the class, the last step that we have them do before they 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 get up and deliver the presentation in front of a group is we have them practice with a partner. And the reason why they do that is because this helps them clarify the content and make any last minute changes that 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 can help them communicate in a better way. So just so you know, none of those partners that they're practicing with, for the most part, anyway, none of those people are professional coaches, but they can help each other become more professional speakers and they can help each other become better presenters because we're able to make those adaptations on the fly based on the way that that the person is is hearing it. So, you know, we when we say something that the person that we're that we're practicing with agrees with, we'll kind of see it in their face. They'll they'll kind of nod and let us know that they they agree with us. If we're saying something that's confusing, we also see that as well. So it helps us make alterations to our to the communication. So we're we're planning our best you know, putting our best foot forward or whatever, right? So now formal coaches, though, they can have a more long-term effect for you, especially a more beneficial long-term effect. So a professional can help you save time and increase your chances of success. The, the reason why that the the area, the reason why they can do this, by the way, is, is that the area that they are coaching you in most likely is something that they specialize in. Now, for instance, when, when people come through our classes, they receive that one on one coaching from people who are both professional speakers who do that, who speak for a living and who are um, who have also trained hundreds and hundreds of people every year. So whatever challenge that that each one of these people that come through our classes are having is there's a good chance that one of these professionals have has seen that before and not only seen it before, but probably seen it many times. So they kind of know how to help somebody get, get over the hump. A good example of this, by the way, occurred when, with my son and I last year, my, my, my son absolutely loves baseball. I mean, he, by the way, he, my son, Ben, he loves 
any type of any type of sport, anything with a ball, he's kind of into. But he seems particularly fond of of baseball. So his his little league manager hired an ex major league player to come out and give the kids some tips. You know, so it's a chance for the kids to kind of meet a major league baseball player, an ex major league baseball player, anyway, and and also get some really good coaching from somebody who was a who who's a professional, who's somebody who has done that for a living. So um, now, although I like baseball, I, I've never been a great major league fan. You know, I'm, I live here in Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so I kind of watch the Rangers play every now and then. But for the most part, you know, I, I, I'm not I, I don't watch baseball any more than probably you know 10 times a year, maybe something like that. So not a, I love it, like it but not a great fan. So I had ne- actually never heard of this guy, the guy that, that the, the man, our manager got to come out and coach. I'd, I'd never heard of him. And I don't think any of the kids had ever heard of him either because he'd probably only played in the majors for maybe a year or two. Um, and, but he knew the habits. He knew the, the things that, that, um, that these kids could do to help them reach the majors if they want to someday. Right. So um, the, and, the the thing that made him a little different in addition to that that uh, time that he spent in the majors is that for the last 20 years his only job has been to coach kids my son's age so he was coaching kids from probably 11 to 14 year old um, baseball players and um and he'd coach hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these over the last 20 years i mean probably thousands would be my guess so um so the the amount of results that the kids got in that short little two hour hands on seminar that we did with that that coach was it, it was phenomenal compared to it was probably more, they probably got more in that two hours than probably what they got in the last two years with us you know quote unquote dad coaches you know the guys that you know either never played baseball or played for you know in in high school or something like that and have forgotten most of what we learned back then so the, the so the reason why the results were so good with this coach is because he'd trained hundreds and hundreds of kids their age he knew before even he even got to the field the the three to four major things that those kids were going to need to improve upon to to kind of increase their skill level and then once he saw a few of them you know once he saw a few of them field and once he saw a few of them throw the ball around he was able to fine tune the delivery to the specific needs of that group and that's what a good coach can do for you in public speaking as well a a a good communication coach can really help you because he or she can um, can identify, you know, number one, they're going to know right off the bat what three, four, five of the major challenges that most people have and kind of help you with that right off the bat, even before they even meet you. In addition to that, though, since it's a, if, if you're at a class like our fearless presentations classes or something like that, they're going to be able to kind of see what you do and help coach you to do those things better, to do those things just a little bit differently so that you get better result. That's how you can speed through that learning curve so fast that that's what a, a really good coach will will kind of help you do. So now, fortunately, we've got over a dozen of the best public speaking coaches in the world right on our staff at Fearless Presentations. And and it's real easy. All you have to do to set up a time to work with any of these folks is just go to the fearlesspresentations.com website, look for a class, see when we're going to be doing a class in your area and uh, and and come out. 
it's a it's a really easy kind of process. So I would recommend that you do that if you haven't if you haven't been to one of our fearless presentations classes. If you're if you're at a position where you think that a coach can really help you get over that hump and help you speed up that process, then all you really need to do is just go to fearlesspresentations.com, search for the seminar schedule, look for a class coming up in your area and register. And if you do that, you're likely to kind of shave a lot of time off your your learning curve. So so um, this week, we're, we're basically we're just kind of focusing on how good a, how a coach can really help you. Next week, we're going to focus on a little bit more about the strengths and weaknesses in, that people can have in communication skills and how you can build that trust and rapport with the people around you with the way that we communicate and resolve conflicts, at least in, in a lot of cases, actually keep conflicts from coming up before they erupt. So lots of good things coming in the next few weeks. So we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.